went to Arizona State. Right. I'm a sun devil, man. State of the Sun Devils with Jeremy Schnell, Jesse Morrison, and Mitch Bereldis, an Arizona sports podcast. Hello and welcome into another edition of State of the Sun Devils alongside Jesse Morrison and Mitch Bereldis. I'm Jeremy Schnell. Wow, ASU actually, they, they did it. They went into the Rose Bowl and won this game 17-7 to against UCLA. Um, I'm going to start out with this, guys. I think Kenny Dillingham just coached circles around Chip Kelly. You're doing a thing here, right? I mean, did he not? I mean, he did, but this is like becoming one of your, your like reoccurring bits is that Kenny Dillingham coaches circles around said coach of other opponents. Okay, well, he did it. He, he did it to Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, and now he's done it to Chip Kelly. I've, I've said it twice this year. Hey, don't You're forget right. about was, when he did it, it to a- Jake Dickert. That counts too, right? <laughs> yes. It was a masterful coaching job from Kenny Dillingham. Creative as hell tonight. He was so creative. Like, I, I was astonished with how creative he was. This was probably his most creative game, and that's wild to say. Given everything that he's utilized and done and given what he's had to deal with, I would say more so first and foremost, this was by far his best way of utilizing his best players. And who would have thought that it would just take, you know, having only six scholarship offensive linemen to be able to utilize your best guys in a way that actually leads to the success that they had tonight. It was, it was a grind at first. I will admit the first half in particular, but that second half where they put together those two touchdown gr- drives, oh, it was a thing of beauty. The ninety-nine so, touchdown, the ninety-nine yard touchdown drive in particular was just outstanding, and something that we've been talking about for weeks now. And Jesse, me, and you literally went back and forth about this on our preview podcast. We're always wrong about this team. <laughs> we're gonna say something's going to happen. And then we're go- the total opposite is going to happen. Obviously, last week was not the best defensive performance after we had said that the defense has been fantastic this year. Right. And then they come out and, you know, don't play so well on defense. And then we're like, well, maybe the defense kind of regressing to the means, you know, some of their guys get, you know, going down with injuries. And then they come out and have their best defensive performance of the year today, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, it was super impressive defensive performance. Uh, especially that goal line stand uh, on fourth down in the first half, uh, the fumble recovery, they got pressure on the quarterback. There was really nothing that the UCLA offense could do tonight. I mean, yeah, they 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 had some drives, but then they got that second uh, goal, like fourth down stand. It wasn't technically a goal line, but it was in the red zone, and that was right after. Uh, ASU's goal line stand and they allowed a 31 yard punt return. So that those were probably the two biggest defensive plays of the game that stuck out to me was, you know, that it could be a whole different ball game if they hadn't stopped them uh, on those two possessions back to back in the first half. So that, that really was the key to me uh, of this game in general. And then, you know, what they did on offense sure complimented that, but that was really the key to me is those two stops in the first half just kind of killed the momentum for UCLA. 
like they had it at all tonight. It's one thing to get stops in the red zone in terms of, okay, they didn't score a touchdown, but we only gave up the three points. We can accept that, right? Like more often than not, we consider that on the defensive side, we consider that a red zone success. This was the beyond the red zone success of denying them not once, but twice with a yard to get within the 25 yards to go. Just absolutely stonewalling, as Tim Healy put it on the broadcast tonight, stonewalling the UCLA uh, rushing attack, not even giving them an inch. Some t- in some cases, even pushing them back an additional yard. I, 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 I'm just in awe of the way the defense performed tonight. Yeah, one more thing on the defense, and then we'll get back on track here because I do want to touch on the offense a lot on this uh, episode, post-game edition of State of the Sun Devils, 17-7 to win for the Sun Devils at the Rose Bowl, possibly the last time they're playing at the Rose Bowl for who knows how long. But so Deshaun Mallory was just an absolute beast out there today. Nine total tackles, six solo tackles, a half a sack, that half a, ta- ta- a tackle for loss and then the two pass deflections, including a key pass deflection late um, when uh, when UCLA was trying to drive down the field. It's just he was just fantastic out there today, Jesse. Yeah, and I would also like to shout out um, Shamari Simmons. He played really well. Three pass breakups, five total tackles, all of which were solo tackles, by the way. So that's yeah, the impressive. fumble recovery. And then, uh, and then you had um, Tate Romney with just an absolute explosion on his sack that he had in this game. So, yeah, just overall, and they they did this without Prince Dorba, which is a you know a really impressive feat because he's you know been at least one B to BJ Green's one A on that defensive line this yeah. season. So just. Really impressive. Um, and then Caleb McCullough, who's been big in you know, multiple moments this season, he ended up forcing the fumble. Um, so just overall, from top to bottom, in all you know, three levels, I guess, of the defense, if you want to describe it as that, uh, stopping the run, stopping the pass, forcing turnovers, they were good in all of those areas um, in this game tonight. Mitch, I wanted to touch on the QB situation a little bit. Uh, Which QB? Do you want to talk about Borgay? Do you want to talk about Scadaboo? Or do you want to talk about Conyers? You pick. You tell me. It, uh, so obviously not Trenton's best performance today, but it was just like a kind of... Uh, he threw 34 times, but he, it felt like it was much less than that it, with Scadaboo and Conyers spending a lot of time out there. And earlier in, in this in this podcast, we touched on how you know they're down a lot of offensive linemen. Well, they didn't really have offensive alignment in the usual positions, I would say, in this game, Mitch. No, so like the the radio call, they were calling it the Dilly, and it was just dependent yeah. on what side the receivers were on. Dillingham, <laughs> after the game, he said he was calling it the gate. I, I, I just, it's amazing what you can drum up in football, right? Like, it's incredible. Um, yeah, go ahead. Here's my question about it, though. Is there some rule that says that the defensive line has to be lined up with the offensive line? Because they would go and line up with the offensive line. And I'm like, why don't you just rush at the two guys that are, you know, the center and the one other blocker that they have and just try to sack Trenton? I don't get that. 
is that like a rule? Is that something I don't know about? It's that that to me is a very was a very confusing thing. And I, I see it all the time is where they, you know, the defensive line will. It's will go Dillingham coaching circles around Chip Kelly. Sure. Yeah. But it, <laughs> it, but but I, I see it with other teams like it, well, it I mean, doesn't make any sense. Aren't they me. technically lined up as receivers? So like they're eligible pass catchers. In that scenario, or again, how does that I, work? Again, that's that's a rule that I'm not 100 percent sure on. But like, why? But again, why? Even if they are lined up, as, I mean, I guess you could throw to them and see how much they get. But it's not going to be that big of a play. It, it's probably would be easier to just run and sack the quarterback. It it's kind of like playing two hand touch without you know the Mississippi rush that whatever Mississippi rush you have. Yeah, I I mean, look, if it if it works, it works. I don't really know the rules behind it. It's it's clear that the three of us just we need to do the research on that to figure out how it works. I remember he was talking about he was watching Utah film from like the 1980s, figuring out this formation and how to utilize it. (laughs) And it's just it's insane to me that this man who is so young in his coaching tenure is finding different ways to utilize football plays based off of stuff that happened basically before he was born. Like, it is incredible to see what Kenny Dillingham has been able to put together. Uh, To get back to what you're asking about, Jeremy, as far as the passing game was concerned, uh, Borgay, he kept the offense afloat for the most part, but I think what needs to be emphasized, and I touched on this on a, a different entity that I was working for tonight, that they did a really good job of making sure Borgay didn't get into harm's way. Like the dude has been dealing with multiple different injury situations throughout this year. And I don't remember a single time where Trenton Borgay was put in like the, the line of the line of danger, line of harm. I don't know what the proper uh, phrase is there. I thought there was a really good job protecting Borgay. Wasn't all night, but I thought there was a really good job making sure Borgay remained upright throughout the night, if nothing else. And that feels like a victory. Those kneel downs were perfect at the end of the game. Oh, my gosh. Running backwards. He's running backwards, like clasping the ball across his chest. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Just going to say that some people were probably very angry with with what was going on there. (laughs) With the negative rushing yards. Yeah. Yes, Um, correct. (laughs) Here's what I'll say. Don't bet on college quarterbacks rushing guards because you're going to be disappointed when they go backwards. Um, Unless you yes, bet on Jaden Daniels tonight, that would probably be the only exception. Right? Why do we have to bring that up? I'm sorry. Why, again, I'm sorry. Why, why do we have to bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a dollar for that. Here, it's it's going in the jar. All right. Sorry. Continue. Um, ASU had about twice the amount of possession. Um. For the second half, it was insane. Like, they just held on to the ball. The 99-yard drive probably helped a lot of that. But, I mean, like, the the running game was perfect today in terms of, you know, being able to get those yards and run the clock. And, of course, the punt that wasn't a punt because they kept getting called for delay a game and false starts and there was definitely an offside there on uh, UCLA that wasn't called, maybe even two. Um, but anyway, ASU will take that. 
not only was the running game great, but Elijah Badger was fantastic. He had a key fourth down catch that was in traffic that Borgay just gave him a chance and he was able to come down with it. 12 catches, 116 yards and a touchdown. Easily his best performance of the year, Mitch. Utilizing your best players and putting them in space to make opportunities. Because yes, Elijah Badger had 116 yards through the air. You guys know how many yards he had after the catch of that 116? 83 yards after the catch (laughs) out of his 116. Put your best players in space and let them work. Period. There you go. Speaking of which, let's let Cam Scadaboo cook. I mean, like, just just leave him back there. Let, let him, him cook. Him let him clean. Let him uh, redecorate the house. The du- the dude can literally do anything he wants to. Um, I, I when I tweeted uh, the the touchdown out. Remember what I said? I said punter slash. Uh, quarterback slash running back he's literally just you know when players come out of uh, high school and people don't know what they're gonna do when they go to college they put him as athlete i think this is well past that jesse (laughs) oh yeah this guy is it's he's insane he does everything other than play defense and i bet if you stuck him at safety or linebacker he could he would get a few tackles here and there i mean he's well, like 5'11", 225, I saw a linebacker today in college football that was like 5'11", 232. This guy can do everything. Um, and, I, you know, I feel like they did exactly what we wanted them to do today, which was put him back there at quarterback and have him be the playmaker. Turton was not the playmaker. If anything, he was the he was like a kind of a decoy tonight. Like, yeah, they had a quarterback out there, but it was it was um Scadaboo and a little bit of Conyers in there uh being the ones that were you know assigned with making the the plays to, tonight and it was you know extremely impressive to see what a natural running back can do you know at the quarterback position yeah he was only one of three but he might have had the best throw of the season for ASU that <laughs> touchdown pass to Badger was an incredible throw. It was right on the money, exactly where it needed to be placed. Like, and again, that's a running back. That's that's not your that's not your quarterback. That's none of your quarterbacks. At five and foot again, nine, throwing it over throwing it over defense alignment that are well taller than him, too. Yeah, it was it was an incredible play. Uh again, another just hats off to Kenny Dillingham for recognizing what the issues were last week. And how you had to do something like this to have success. And they did that. And here they are. Uh, they've equaled their win total from last season. And they got two more games to try to make this a better year. A one-game improvement. Or even a two-game improvement. That would be crazy if they finished 5-7. and seven. I don't think that's going to happen. I feel like Oregon might be the best team in the country. And they've got them next week. But if they can get that one-win improvement on... Last season, that's progress. Even though it's just one win, that's progress from last year and will really make me believe in this coaching staff. Two things I wanted to mention real quick going back to the Scadaboo touchdown pass. Uh, there was a quote after the game. Uh, shout out our boy Hoda Rubino and the crew at Devil's Digest. Uh, Camp Scadaboo said passing and punting were not part of his recruiting to ASU. Uh, I don't know if that should be surprising or not. Uh, but then there was a there was a camera angle of the touchdown pass that it caught Troy Omier 
as he's coming across and he's like holding up both of his hands like because he knows like Scadaboo threw it to Badger and like he knows it's a touchdown. He's got his back face to the to the offense and he's looking at Badger as the ball's coming in and he's holding up both of his arms like in the touchdown stance. It was the it was the coolest moment. I thought that was great. So shout out Troy. Yeah, Troy. Also, there was a definite touchdown that Troy would have had on a perfect slant from Scadaboo to uh, him, and he dropped it. Uh, we we need him to catch that yeah. next time, please. It's okay. It, it but but still, uh, either way, Scadaboo had some great passes in this game. One of them got dropped. Who cares? He looked great out there today. Twelve carries, sixty-one yards as well, and that. Uh, dagger touchdown to put UCLA away. Uh, do we want him to go down at the one yard line there? Is that nitpicking, guys? No. You want him to score. You needed the score. It, a, it would give him a 10 point lead with whatever two, three minutes yeah, left. Yeah, UCLA game. doesn't have any timeouts. Yeah, it was, you got you to gotta score there. I mean, ten. even if they did have timeouts, it would be a very hard. Uh, difficult comeback there especially with the way their quarterback was playing tonight like ucla's we got to talk about that a little bit he like, was putting me hate, to sleep i i yeah i hate That's to play stupid. devil's advocate here but but while asu's defense hey is, devil's advocate yeah uh <laughs> while asu's asu's uh defense was really good tonight there was also the whole issue of the fact that USC or not USC. Wow. They're going to get mad at me. Um, <laughs> the fact that UCLA was um, playing, you know, they're basically their third string quarterback. When he threw his one touchdown pass of the game, the uh, broadcasters on the PAC 12 network were like, Oh, that's his first career touchdown pass no as way. a Bruin. And I was just like, yeah, you know, he's not, he's not their starter. He's not, well, they kind of have two quarterbacks, but he's not Garbers. Who there's a Garbers running around in the Pac-12 every year. Uh, I feel <laughs> like so. Uh, yeah, his there girlfriend's was, a TikTok star. I heard. Is she? That's great yeah. for her. Uh, yeah, good for her. I'm glad. I'm I'm glad she's found uh, fun on TikTok. It's it's all the get ready with with me's for UCLA game day. Yeah, I don't. That's not the side of TikTok I'm on. I'm I'm on the side of uh, the the guy that finds. Uh, places that you are in the song and then uh, flips it to crank that by uh, Soldier Boy. That is my, fia- I am my fiance on. is on the same side. That's so that, funny. That is on the side of TikTok that I am on. So yeah, it's it's not the most intelligent of TikToks. Anyway, that's a that's a divert. I'm diverging from the point. Anyway, do we want to uh, <laughs> go on to something else, Jeremy? Yeah, uh, Bo Nix just got a first down for Oregon, and they are going to kneel out the clock. So Oregon is going to go to 9-1 and one on the season, coming into Tempe next week. USC falling Does, to 7-4. and four. Man, what a collapse. Yeah, do, you remember, do you remember when everyone said that they were going to make the playoffs? They could I, easily I never, be 6-5. and five. They could easily be 6-5 and five as well. ASU yeah, could they, have e- easily beaten them in that game. They're not good. Uh, I, I said this at the beginning of the season that they don't have a defense and when they, they didn't have a defense, it led to them firing their defensive coordinator this early in the season, you know, with three games left, uh, prior to this game. So yeah, they're not good. Oregon's good. Washington's good. 
Uh, Utah is pretty good. Uh, they're not great, but they're pretty good. I mean, they, they played a tough game against Washington. I think, again, it's going to be Oregon. It's going to be Washington in the Pac-12 championship. Oregon's going to win. They're well, it, defi- it definitely is now. They both just clinched. Okay, there you go. Well, <laughs> well yeah, so there you go. A little I mean, revenge it, game it, yeah. for the Ducks, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Like, that game, from what I heard, you know, I was – I was uh, at that the Virginia Tech Wake Forest game that day, uh, but from what I heard, that was basically an evenly played game that just happened to end with Washington on top. Can I so. tangent on that real quick? This uh, the way things are ending. So if Washington's going to play Oregon in the Pac-12, we've still got Michigan and Ohio State to play each other. Florida State is you know they're running away with the ACC. Georgia's running away with the SEC. It would seem. Watch out for Alabama. I got to tell you, I, I got to tell you, you got to watch out for Alabama. Milrow looks like a good quarterback. He had three rushing touchdowns today. Like, good Lord, Jalen, like, my goodness, he's three, hot. Three rushing touchdowns, three passing touchdowns. He had six total touchdowns today. He has totally flipped the script from earlier in the season. So I think this is the year that I don't even know how they're doing it because they're Alabama, but they're a little bit under the radar and watch out. They have one loss. If they beat Georgia, then yeah, but here's the, here's the question. If they beat Georgia and you have Georgia and Alabama, both undefeated, Alabama's got one loss, right? No, but I mean like with one loss is what I meant. You have Georgia and Alabama, both with one loss. And then you have one of Washington and Oregon with one loss or undefeated, and then Ohio State or Michigan still undefeated. What happens to Florida State, even if they're undefeated at that point? Do you do you keep them out? I mean, they've been in the I, top four I all year. I'd be so. shocked if they get knocked out if they go undefeated. And they're they're not going to lose their championship game. There's no way. The rest of the ACC is uh, garbaggio. <laughs> See, there, there you go. Really you're, well. you're, you're talking... You're talking it uh, this into existence. Why they should be left out is because, again, the ACC this season has not been great. But um, but they still beat LSU at the beginning of the season, and that's, that's still true, a huge win. It, yeah, but like LSU, yeah. I mean, they're good, but is that that? Look, I get, I get it. This, this is not a podcast for Jaden Daniels apologists. I get it. But like we need, we need Here to we put again. some respect on the way that they're playing right now, because I'm just saying, is that going to be a better win at the end of the season than, say, Alabama beating Georgia or it's Michigan so beating crazy. Ohio State? Or <laughs> right. Ohio That's State what I'm saying, Michigan. because it's it's all about like it's not like it's the computers. It's not like it's just the record. It's it's people's eyeballs. It, they're watching these games. And if Florida State is not impressive in the final two games plus the ACC championship game, you don't know what's going to happen. And I know the other teams are more impressive. And I know Florida's so inconsistent this season, but Florida State's got to go and play Florida here at the end of the season. So that's not oh, that's not just a gimme. And so, Louisville is not a gimme either if that no. is who they face in the ACC championship. Yeah, exactly. So L- Louisville, you know, looked really good against a Virginia Tech team that has been playing really well other than that game. The, like Virginia Tech, really good, really good. 
awful loss to Louisville really good again today. So it's just going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, but back to really the the main point here is that I feel like there's going to be a PAC 12 team and I feel like it's not going to be the past packed couple of PAC 12 teams or whatever, where it's not going to, you know, it it's going to be them getting rolled over. Like I think that either Washington or Oregon can really win this thing. I think the PAC 12 has uh, proven this year that they're not to be messed around with. And I, I mean, get no. it. There's, there's all the jokes about them splitting up and all that, but yeah, guess what? Those teams are coming to you next year. Like Washington and Oregon are going to give the big 10 a run for its money. I don't know about USC, yeah. given the way that this year has gone for them. And the fact that Caleb Williams is likely going to be gone next year. That'll be interesting, but Washington and Oregon ain't no joke. They're gonna give they're gonna give Ohio State and Michigan and the rest of the Big Ten a big run for its money. Big Twelve, Utah, that's a perennial man. Like they're gonna be coming after all the remaining schools in the Big Twelve. Like, don't sleep on any of these Pac-12 schools. They've been they've been among the best of the best this year. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Uh, Jeremy, do you want do you want to get to the rest of Sun Devil Athletics, which was insane today? Yes, and for sure, I just want to say it's going to be fun the last two weeks of the season and the final Pac-12 championship game to see how all this shapes out. And it it has been a great final year if it is the final year of the Pac-12 in terms of football. Um, yes, so we'll go over to triathlon now, winning their seventh national championship in a row. Congratulations to everyone involved there. They had three individuals finish in the top five, two, and then two of them in the top three. That's that's just incredible what they've been able to accomplish in such a short amount of time. Dynasty. Yeah, that, that's it's crazy. And, you know, they swim in Tippy Town Lake by choice. So <laughs> you got to shout out that, too. <laughs> I love when you say that. Um, men's basketball gets their first win of the season over Texas Southern. Revenge! Not, yay, revenge! Oof. Not the not the prettiest game, but you no, know, it was not. They'll, they'll, they'll take the win. Wait, okay. Um, so really quickly, because we do talk a lot of hoops on the pod, I thought the fast break stuff from ASU today was the best that they looked offensively. Like in every set, as soon as they were on the fast break, everything seemed to be clicking, humming. They found great ways to move the ball or they just found the open lane. I don't know what it was, but the fast break looked really, really clean today. Here's what I'll say. The free throw shooting. Oh, my gosh. Please make a basket. How? Please. How is it? How? How is it this bad? It was so bad today. And then also. I'm just happy that they got over 60 points. That's true. That, those are my two takeaways from this game. The free throw shooting. Oh my goodness. They and, also shot 36% from the field, Jesse. Yeah. You know, that's, that doesn't help your case. We've come, we've come it doesn't help my case, that. but, but like yeah. 36% from the field is much less uh, concerning than what they did from the free throw line. 53.6%. Oh, Oof, just 15, 15 of 28 from you, the free throw you line. You can't shoot 13 half. free throws. Think about that. Think about the final score of this game and add 13 points to that. Or let's say they miss two or three, four free throws a game. I'm okay with that. Then you're really like doing what you're supposed to do. But there, there were times in this game where 
Texas Southern was able to claw back just based off of ASU missing shots on offense, missing shots from the free throw line. And yeah, it was just, it, it, you know, it was, it was a win. I wasn't impressed. Um, impressed with the defense though. Defense looked good. Forced a lot of turnovers, 16 total in the first half, which was really impressive. So yeah, I was happy to see that, but Overall, going to need to see some more things from this team. How can we get more minutes from Salabongay and Phillips? He's been awesome. They were, they've both been very, very good. Well, Phillips has was in foul trouble today. So yeah, that he had was two early like yeah. fouls that you can avoid kind of thing. So we saw a lot of Bryant as a result. That, but you know what? Salabongay looks awesome. And I do kind of like the set that they had today where they sent um, Perez back to the bench and they went double big with uh, Gaffney in the starting lineup, I believe it was. I thought that actually worked to their favors today. And I think Kamari Lands is a nice little connector piece in this uh, starting lineup as well. He's been good. Yeah, Jesse, you were telling me about Lands having a pretty good performance today. Yeah, Lands was good. I really liked what he was able to do. He's been so far the most consistent player through the first two games. And then I got to shout out Frankie Collins because he almost messed yes. around and got a triple-double. Eight rebounds, six assists in addition to leading the game with 13 points. So definitely kind of respo- responded from his less than stellar out, uh, out or performance in their first game. So, yeah, I mean, it's trending up again, not as good of an opponent as Mississippi State. They, but Texas Southern did make the tournament last year. They did beat ASU last year. So good win, good revenge game. Good to get that first win at home. Those are kind of my takeaways from this game. If we if we could see a someone, it doesn't just not have to be Collins get six assists. I will be happy because yeah. that that we do not see that a lot from an ASU basketball team, what men's basketball team. They don't get individual assist performances like that, and so I'd really like to see someone just key in on passing the ball. Like, please. Yeah, move, ball move the ball. Ball movement. Ball <laughs> movement is the key. Especially in college basketball where defensive breakdowns are so much easier to come by than when you're watching the NBA. And, um, in the, and just in general, yeah, in basketball, you want to move the ball and try to get open. That's the point. Mitch, anything else on this uh, men's basketball team? Look, I'm glad they got in the win column before it started getting really deep into the non-conference because, like, as we've touched on before, it is not a very easy uh, beginning of the season for the Hoops team. So to get a win like this out of the way early, uh, that's a W in my book. No pun intended. <laughs> Soccer is eliminated, unfortunately. They Tough lost one. to Santa Clara. Jesse, your take on them trying to beat Steve Nash's school did not happen. So yeah. there's that. Yeah, it was uh, it was rough. I watched a little bit of it. Um, it was hard. It, the fan width was really hard to, to. It was hard to watch everything going on today. Yeah, but I I I, I did my best. I, I'm not gonna lie. I did my best. So, um, yeah, I turned it on and I thought it was one to nothing. I turn it on. It's two to nothing. Santa Clara scores a goal right away as I turn it on, and I'm like, ah, oh, three to nothing. Okay. So this game's probably not going to be good for ASU. So I switched back to 
uh, men's hoops. So that was just unfortunate. So, yeah, what I turned on immediately, and this was the really depressing part about the whole thing, is them scoring a goal, Santa Clara, and then the ASU player lying on the ground injured, which was it was just a collection of just ugh. And so, yeah, that was about that was about it. And then I t- turned it on a little bit later in the game, and it was still three to zero. So, or three nil, three nil. Big soccer go. guy over here. Uh, mm-hmm. Watched Queens Park Rangers this morning. Horrible decision. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, they're going to get relegated. It's going to be tough. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm sure our audience really loves that. It's the next sport. No, well, I wanted to get Mitch's thoughts on just the soccer season overall because it was a um, it was a fun one. Obviously, not the end of the season that they wanted because they struggled toward the end of the season, but a, a nice season and hopefully something to build off of. They beat a ranked USC, and I call that a victory in my book, if nothing else. <laughs> I will say this one was kind of tough because you know Santa Clara scored within the first seven minutes. That's never easy, and then they tacked on the other two goals three minutes apart from one another towards the end of the first half. So it, it it's hard to go go down three nothing after one half of play. It, Santa Clara is just, you know, they're a monster. I mean, they're not ranked seventh for nothing, you know, but very excited to see what they'll do um, next year in the Big 12. Excited to see what Graham Winkworth can do with this club. Something I am excited about is hockey splitting with Denver. They had a really good shot to win both of those games. But yesterday, which I'm talking about is actually this two days ago, Friday, (laughs) Friday, they beat Denver in an overtime battle. They came. uh, I'm pretty sure they were down late. Yeah, they were down late and came back and tied it won in overtime. So shout out to the hockey team. They were up three nothing today. Yesterday, I mean, on Saturday. <laughs> um, you, you just got to do it one step at a time, man. You got this. It's all good. Yeah, uh, my bad. Uh, so the they they uh, they almost won both games, right? They were up three nothing to Denver, and then ended up losing um, the Eight, second four. of the two games. You buried the lead, number two Denver. We can't forget that Denver is the number two hockey men's hockey program in the country so Perennially I mean, like, does, this, does this move asu up in the rankings at all oh, yeah it should at least a couple of spots they got one of the wins might move denver down a spot the, lo- the loss is a little somewhat concerning and i get it denver's a juggernaut but they were up three nothing and then denver put up four goals in the second and four more goals in the third like uh it's hard to stop when the bleeding just keeps going. Right. But either go ahead, put them up to 15, put them up to 15. (laughs) How about that? 16 to 15. They got, and then Denver from two to three. Very happy about the the victory on Friday though. That was a great win. Yes. And it was fun to watch. And I will say that the best atmosphere at Arizona state for athletics currently is, is this hockey team it is insane that arena is fantastic number one and then number two just it was good against stonehill last week and then you and then i looked at the crowd for denver last night and or well friday night and i was just like wow this place it looks crazier than a coyotes game when they play there so just really 
impressed with what hockey in the desert is doing at the collegiate level. And, you know, it's, again, it's been one of my biggest complaints is that just ASU and they just can't get consistent fan base, but for whatever reason, it just seems to be consistent with hockey. And I'm, and that goes back to when they were at Oceanside. So super impressed with that. Uh, volleyball takes down Colorado and Utah swept the weekend. They're continuing their winning ways and looking good going into the NCAA tournament, Mitch. I mean, what more can we say at this point? Like they've won four straight uh, games within their matches. Like this feels like a juggernaut at this point. It's ridiculous how they've been able to put these runs together where it's they're impossible to stop. Like, I don't I don't get it. Like, how how is this team just all of a sudden this year so darn good after all of the years of middling, I guess, like what J.J. Van Neal has done? He's put together an absolute juggernaut and it deserves the respect at the national level, too. Yeah. So I was listening to the men's basketball game today and Jeff Munn said that he was filling in for Tim Healy, who was in L.A. doing a football game or Pasadena. And uh, he said that they're in line to host in the NCAA tournament. So that's super cool. Um, And this has got to be one of the best coaching turnarounds in ASU history. I've never seen, at least in my time following this, that it like I've never seen a coach just come in and be like, "Okay, we're good now. And this is what they've done. So really impressive. How about this? I'm just looking at the box score. Marta Levinska had 21 kills today. The next closest (laughs) volleyballer on the court had 10. Wow. Marta had 21 kills. The next closest was 10. She's got to be an All-American this year. Like, no doubt. Like, she's been National Player of the Week, Pac-12 Player of the Week. She's one of the best players in the country. Yeah, and uh, hopefully ASU, if they do host a game in the NCAA tournament, a match, a match. I I said it, I said it, a match in the NCAA tournament. Hopefully, we will all three of us attend that. I would, I would. uh, Fingers crossed to be there. Fingers crossed. Um. And then women's basketball uh, improves to two and zero on the season after beating Montana State. Uh, 75 to 62, another great performance from Jaden Simmons, 17 points on five of nine shooting again, didn't put up that many shots, but got to the free throw line, shot six of six from the line. Please take note men's team. And, uh, <laughs> she had, she had seven rebounds, four assists and three seals. So absolutely. St- oh, and one block. So stuff in the stat sheet, Jesse. Yeah, she was great last night. Uh, Jalen Brown again. Really, really strong player for them so far. And um, what I liked is that they kind of had the same thing happen from what happened on Monday in their first game to yesterday, which was the offense started out really well. And then it kind of went to sleep for a little bit. But then in the fourth quarter, unlike the other night, they picked it up a little bit more and were able to, you know, really put Montana State away in the fourth quarter. So that was what what was really impressive. So I would say it's a, it's building on the first win of the year uh, against UTSA. So they're looking better than last year up, you know, to it uh, at two and so far this season. Mitch, did they get to two and 
last year. Like, apologies for not remembering immediately, but they started off hot last season, actually. Yeah, I would have to. I would have to check uh, last year's uh, box. Hold it's, on, just a second. It's last okay. year's schedule. We can we can look at it later. But like, I I wanted to say that I'm very encouraged, at least early on, from what I'm seeing, because it's easy to get distraught and downtrodden. I don't know if that's the correct word either. When you lose one of your best players for the year or you lose one of your key players for the year, I could say. But the way that Jaden Simmons has stepped into the role and kind of like taken the mantle for this team is it's it's great to see. And I'm hoping that it continues through the rest of the season. So they yeah. started off 2-0 and last year, but uh, the first win was a one-point win over NAU. So you kind of saw the writing on the wall from the game from game one that they might not be very good uh, with the fact that they beat NAU by one point. But uh, yeah, this year, much, much more improved from the start of the season from what I remember from last year's start of the season. Shout out Katia Torre as well. She had 17 points. And as well as six rebounds, and, or no, excuse me, seven rebounds. Um, so she was great as well. And she looks to be a player that ASU can trust, especially down low. Guys, that's going to do it for this edition of State of the Sun Devils. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Threads. Threads? We have, we have Threads. I didn't know that. Well, easy sports but... devils for all of those we make it easy on you we have all of the content there you can find all of everything that we have posted especially if you want to keep up to date with everything going on in asu athletics we try our best to post everything that is happening and we will try our best to continue to do that jesse mitch thank you so much for joining me this late at night a late start asu men's basketball one triathlon won soccer loss unfortunately hockey split this weekend volleyball uh was able to sweep and then women's basketball won so hey big weekend football of course 17 to 7 victory over ucla that's gonna do it once again thank you so much and we'll talk to you in the middle of the week